Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Faith in It with Kay. So as I mentioned last week, our intro is going to be a little bit different. So I'm thinking that for this intro, the one that we're going to give a try is like just the random thoughts that are going through my head or, um, and it could be pertaining to politics. It could be pertaining, uh, to the church. It could be pertaining to, uh, a movie I saw. <laughs> Cause really I want to talk to you about a movie I saw. Um, so I watched, um, oh my gosh, uh, seriously single. I think it was seriously single, um, on Netflix. And at first I was like, what the heck is this movie about? I was like, oh my gosh, she is so desperate. <laughs> um, and y'all, I really enjoyed that movie. Like, by the end, like, by the middle, uh, I really enjoyed that movie. I think it was, like, a, um, it, it was based in Nigeria, um, but in Africa. Um, but it was so good. And, like, literally, like, you, the main character just exploring um, the idea of trying to fulfill everyone's expectation of what she should do and where she should be in her current life and situation. So um, always being in a relationship, um, in a relationship, just seeking to be married um, in that sense and not feeling whole if she wasn't in a relationship and not recognizing that she could do all the things that she wants to do. Like she can get her house by herself. She can have her apartment by herself, like just taking pride in her singleness and just being comfortable with being single. So I just thought if you have not watched it, I will recommend you go ahead and watch Seriously Single on Netflix. It was hilarious, um, but it was actually really good in just just that journey of self-love and recognizing that even in your singleness, you are enough. You don't need someone to uh, fulfill those different dreams and desires that you have. You can go ahead and get that house. You can go ahead and get the car. You can go ahead um, and live a full life until that person comes, but you don't have to live your life um, waiting, in a sense, in limbo for that person to come. So yeah, go ahead and make sure you check that out. And then also I want to talk about, um, you know, just an update for everyone um, that, you know, President Trump signed um, executive orders for uh, an extension of four hundred dollars um, in unemployment, three hundred uh, from the federal government, and one hundred from the state. So most people may or may not get four hundred dollars. You may get three hundred dollars because that's federal money. Um, you may get that extra hundred. It just depends on an already bankrupt. Um, most states are already bankrupt um, as it pertains to like extra funds. So I just want you guys to. Those things were great, and we needed them. We needed the extension on mortgage loans, and we needed all of those things. But please don't get sidetracked by the fact that you actually need to vote um, and that something bigger could have been done. But instead of them actually passing um, the stimulus package in a way that would be more comprehensive to helping everyone, <laughs> um, they've kind of like threw crumbs out uh, through his executive order. And he did it in such a backhanded way of saying at least $400, people will still want to go work. They won't be lazy. Um, so please, y'all, make sure you go ahead and vote. Um, so yeah, those are just the random thoughts that I'm having in my head that I thought I'd share with y'all. Um, so make sure you vote. Um, but again, for this week, if I hope, I hope you listened to last week's episode because if you didn't, uh, stop and go ahead and go listen to last week's episode because 
this week is part two. So this week, Samora Jones is back with us. Um, and we're just continuing the conversation. This conversation is mostly about her activism and then just kind of like racial um, inequalities as it pertains to medical um, and just in general. So that's the conversation that we're, we're having, just that self-awareness in those different or specific areas. So yeah, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, please go ahead and go back and go listen to that episode first. Um, but for those of you who've heard last week's episode, the next thing that you'll hear is a continuation of that um, conversation with Samara Jones. So, like, I know there in East New York and Spring Creek, you're the person that's in charge of, like, feeding the community or community outreach. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, of course. Like, this is now this is my favorite. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we have a, uh, a nonprofit called um, Hope Empowerment and Development Zone, Inc., yeah. which is uh, what we nickname HEADS. Uh, and heads has a program now called hope market and hope market is an amazing, uh, organization that I am blessed to be the program director of. And it's, it's simply just meeting the, uh, the fresh food needs of the community. So in East New York, we are considered um, a food desert or, or a food uh, swamp, yeah. just meaning that we do not have access to um, fresh produce. Yeah. Um, and if you and if we do have access to it, let's say there are some supermarkets or stores that sell it, um, you will not see it the way that you will see it in other communities. It is a limited supply of it um, and it is poor produce. Mm-hmm or the produce is so expensive that the community that lives here cannot afford um, to purchase it um, with the incomes that they have. So um, so what actually, uh, which was partnered with Hope City Church, which is uh, my church in East New York, (laughs) uh, partnered together and actually uh, came together with um, Heads to develop this program. And we made a decision that we were going to feed the community. Um, Thankfully, with our uh, CEO um, and also pastor of um, Hope City, uh, Tyrone Stevenson, he said that no longer would he would he stand by and um and not be a part of the solution you yeah. know we waited we tried to get partnerships we tried to get uh community leaders we tried to get people to be involved with um the issues um within the community we have um we are brooklyn is considered a food insecure borough, meaning that um, there are more people in Brooklyn unsure on whether or not they would be able to even have a meal on their plate, let alone a healthy one. Um, And we have the, some of the highest food um, and diet related illnesses within our community. And, and when you think about the simplicity of the solution to this being fresh fruit and vegetables, yeah. You're just like that's an easy fix, isn't it? Yeah. And it's not. It is. It is a. It's not thought of of how we can um, uplift, sustain, and heal uh, the community on a health level. Yeah. yeah. So 
we decided to do something about it. So um, even in within this pandemic, um, we have been uh, partnering with organizations who do believe um, in feeding the community and also uh, with uh, because of the help of Hope City Church and the financial support that they've given towards the uh, towards Hope Market, we have fed just we have fed just in this pandemic over sixteen thousand uh, people. Wow! So wow. it has been it has been amazing blessing to be a part of, and yes. and we're going to keep growing. We're going to keep going. Whether you're yes. in a shelter, or we've been feeding people at the protest. Yes. We'll feed you. We don't care where you are if you're hungry. And we have food. We're going to feed you. We're going yes. to make sure that that uh, that you have something on your plate for your children, and that won't aid in um in healing. Um, I'm sorry, destroying your body. Yes. But will aid in healing it from the inside out. Yes, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, like, I commend you in leading such an effort because, like, I know um when I was there, which is now what was that three years ago, three or four years ago, um it was in the process of kind of like really building up the, the organization of heads um, for it to kind of like funnel like ideas um, mm-hmm. to kind of like help or aid the community because the church is already very involved in like community efforts. Um, but just kind of like, like you said, those that hands-on um, effort as far as like, this is coming like, not from the church, but from the church. Right. <laughs> Like, right, like the church sees this help, and it's like, okay, as a church, like, what can we do, or how can we help, or how can we partner with others who are willing to help? So I mm-hmm. commend you for that, because that's that's huge, sixteen thousand people, and like, really, if you guys know New York, you know, like, it's almost like um, that's definitely a ripple in the sea. <laughs> It um, really is. is it? Like you feel, you're like, oh, we, you know, we, we, we did it. And then you're looking at the, the fact that you hit part of the block. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you, hit, you hit a good, strong two blocks. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, there's 18 more blocks to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and that's why it's it's not a one shot. It's not a oh we did this, you know, and, and some um events that are happening or you know, and it, you know, and when I look at them, I'm grateful that they're happening because it's bringing attention to the need. But yeah. what bothers me is that it's a one time thing for media show. Yeah. And and, and yes. it's exciting for the moment. And I gotta watch my mouth sometimes. You know, I'm I'm definitely my pastor's <laughs> spiritual daughter. You know, so every once in a while I gotta pull it back some more. Yes. Pull, pull it back. I, I, you can, know. I understand, I understand. <laughs> so I'm like when I see some of the events that occurs and you're doing these one-offs where yeah. I'm gonna feed you today, yeah. but there's seven days in the week. Yes. Yes. You know, like, are you coming back next week? Yes. How much did you give me today? Is it only for today? Yes. Like, how do, and how does that work? Or are you going to say, hey, we're going to do this event, but we're also going to partner within your community with the pantries to make sure that they have fresh produce, to make sure that they have funding coming in, make sure that they are recognized for what it is that they're doing within your community so yes. that we're not just showing up with the cameras and the mayor who don't care about the community. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse yes. me. You know, and, and, and then say, oh, we did this for, you know, for press. I'm just like, I don't, I don't need your press. I need your consistency and your commitment. Right. I need that. 
Right. If you give me that and the funding that you've promised, hello, you, if you if we do that part, then we can do something and we can do some generational um, breaking of some yes. issues that we do not have to have within the health of our community, especially since you're not providing, you know, the, the health care that we need. But that's another story. You yes. know. Let me not go. Let me stop. <laughs> I don't know. Like, as you just said that, like, you know, I'm like, one of my other questions was, like, as a Black woman, can you speak on the racial disparities in America? Um, how are you affected by what's going on here in America? Because, like, of course, you're, like, you're also tied because of the work that you do there. You're you're tied to that, um, the health part portion of it, which is, like, part of the health portion of, like, the pandemic of um, COVID-19 and just the effects. Mm-hmm. Um, more on black communities or black and brown communities and like you said most of these issues are stemming from um, access and a systematic issue of not enough access or not the right access um, to yeah. like whether it be health care or food and um, and like like you're saying like you know there there are certain parts especially in black communities where there are food deserts or swamps but there are like abundance of liquor stores, abundance of um, whether it be Chinese food restaurants or fast food restaurants, there are abundance of the things that are unhealthy, but not mm-hmm. enough, like you said, um, access to the things that are healthy at an affordable price. So can you just, you know, without, <clears throat> like, I don't want to take you too far off the cliff, but without going off, you know. Can you just talk a little bit about that, like, in your personal kind of, like, in what you're seeing and, like, how you're kind of combating those things? Um, God, there's so, I'm just, in my head, I'm just like, I'm like, girl, focus on one thing or two, <laughs> like, don't go too far. Um, I, I would, I would say in, in our community, um, in the, in the effects that I personally kind of interact with, I believe when I was younger, I had the benefit of kind of ignoring it a lot. Mm. It was something that my parents had to deal with and not so much um, me directly. Um, Or I didn't understand the connection to it or that it was my race that gave me the treatment that I was receiving. Yeah. Um, Because of the kind of closed world I was um, raised in, I thought that everyone was being treated this way and not necessarily that it was something that because of the pigmentation, uh, the melanin of my skin, it then automatically subjected me to lesser treatment, lesser uh, care um, and lesser provisions in the country that I'm a citizen um, of. Yeah. You know, or I'm a part of. And I'm like, and even if you're not a citizen, because of what the country says it stands for, yeah, the treatment that you receive should not be based on whether or not yeah. the color of your, your the color of your skin, excuse me, the pigmentation of your skin is lighter or darker. Yeah. So when I started to get a little bit older and understand this, and even even the health issues that I have with PCOS should have been diagnosed. Um, when I was 19 and not wow. at 30 and not at 35, wow. you know, I was like, so you mean from that time, I did not know what it was, what was going on with my body. And I had doctors in healthcare that would not investigate because of the amount of insurance, the kind of insurance that I had, yeah. um, it would not investigate because, um, in my community, um, with, the because of the color of my skin um 
my health needs are not taken as seriously as maybe a white woman counterpart. Yeah. And, and understanding that it, uh, it, you try, you try to be civil. Yeah. You try to be, uh, you try not to lose your intellectual integrity. Yeah. Yeah. uh, While you're kind of boiling over by the stupidity of it. Yeah. You know, why would me telling you I'm in pain um, tell you that because I'm Black that I can tolerate pain or yeah. I don't actually experience pain the way that white people does because of pigmentation? You yeah. know, like when you think of things that is so, it's so, it's silly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And to know that it, that's occurring, it's a, it's, it's devastating to your development. Um, yeah. As a, as, a, as a person, and then you are spending your lifetime fighting to prove um, to a society that you're not with the stereotypes and with the media such that you are. So it's, um, it's difficult. Um, but at the same time, on the other hand, I'm, I'm ecstatic to be a black, a black woman. Yeah. Like I yeah. absolutely love every drop of my melanin, you know, yes. like, like I, like I love, like, yeah. I love that, you know, like since got dreads right now with my natural, come on, yes. you know, like, so, <laughs> so I love the, the, the creativity of us, yeah. you know, I love the brilliance mind of us. This country would not be an ounce of what it is without yes. us built on our backs, literally, yes. Yes. you know? So when you're sitting there and people are talking about, you know, go back to your country and I'm watching some of these videos and, and I'm just like, this not your country. Can yeah. we be clear? Yeah. Go back to my, this not yours. Yes. Unless you are a native American, this is not your country. Yeah. You know, I'm like, and I'm like, and if you're saying it because you're born here, that it's your country, that it's mine too. And if yes. you're telling me that if I have my green card and I've gone through the steps that, that the, the law has told me that I've gone through, guess what? It's my country too. Yes. You know what I mean? And I was like, if I'm in the process, I was like, it's about to be my country. So what you're not going to do is tell me that I'm lesser yeah. because you need to make yourself feel higher than you are. Unless you are the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not yes. higher than I. Yes. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're just not. Yeah. Um, and so it is valuable for, I believe, me as a Black woman to be connected to my call and, it's, and, and the passion towards it. Yes. Because if I try to take on the world and the issues that are in it, I'll burn myself out. But if yes. I'm focused on what is my call as a Black woman, yeah. disciple of Christ, yeah. Mother, you know what I mean? What is, yeah. what is, what is my call and what is my, uh, what is my protest? Yes. And also my, um, added benefit to the world that I'm in. Yes. So yes. I, it keeps me, it keeps me, I, I try to keep myself there. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise I lose it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's real. That's real. You know, cause even as you spoke about not being diagnosed early, like, I know for me, like, I grew up, now I know that I have endometriosis, but I, it's something I've been dealing with since I was, like, probably, like, 12 or so, um, mm. like, and it wasn't until I was in my 30s, or almost in my 30s, uh, before it's like, oh, you, have, you probably have endometriosis. Like, what's that? <laughs> like, you know, Exactly. Like, and it took literally, because, like, while I was there, like, April... 
she would do the Cyana um, Health Corner like portion, and it took mm-hmm. her kind of talking about her experience, and I'm like, huh, I wonder, and like you know, like just starting that wondering process um, to then kind of like, okay, that's what you have, but without right. like even that knowledge that something like that existed to kind of then go back and like see like do my own kind of research or figure it out like you know okay that's probably what it is it's like well what were all these doctors doing all these years that I was going and they were pumping me with birth control pumping me with like pills and pumping me with you know like what like why didn't anyone think about that (laughs) right right and it's and it's and when I look at these statistics of it is um, that it takes uh, women of color three to four times the length of time as it does our white counterparts to be diagnosed with yeah. the same Ill- illnesses, it drives you crazy. It's because <clears throat> when when I told my doctor at 19 that at 19 was the first time that I got my period, that wow. should have sent up a lot. And what I got was, oh, maybe you're a late bloomer. That's not a thing. That's not a thing. Wow. Yeah. That's not a thing. But because you didn't want to investigate, you know, or go yeah. through and, and and my doctors now was like, what are you talking about? You didn't go for this test. You didn't go for, I'm like, no, no, wow. was never even, not even a topic, wow. not even a topic of conversation. It was okay. I got, you know, what I needed from your insurance next. Wow. You know, you were, you were, you were an insurance claim. You weren't seen as a person valued. Uh, so in your life didn't matter. And I'm like, and when you think about even like my weight, so my weight is associated with my, my PCOS. And I would wonder why I would, I would, I would, I eat better than most people. Yeah. You know, I was like, when, and I was like, when they, they knew that I was, I, I went vegan for three years, Yeah. you know, and I probably lost 20 pounds, you oh. know, and I, and, and, and when I went raw for a long, for, for about a month, you know what I mean? And yeah. I probably lost five, you know, like five to 10 pounds during that time. Yeah. And, and then it comes back with like a vengeance. But if, when you're insulin resistant, I was like, it's very difficult for you to, you know, for you to shed, for you to shed weight. Yeah. And even some exercises that you do, depending on, again, what, you, what your body is saying. And if you don't know this, if you're not, if you don't have the right team around you uh, and you're treated as just another black woman whose voice is not valid and uh, and if your insurance is not talking the money language that they're looking for, then yeah. you're not, you're not important. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. That's true. So you have, you have to be a self-advocate <laughs> Yeah. But, but, uh, as a black woman in this climate, in this time, you have to be an advocate for yourself on all levels. You have to be advocate for yourself, for your health. You have to be an advocate, uh, advocate for yourself, for your, um, your career. Yeah. You have to be advocate for your children. In the community and yeah. what happens to your community, yeah. you have to be connected to your officials. You have to be connected to the schools. You have to be connected to, in every way that you can in order to protest what you want to change and also be an added resource to what you want to stay. Yes, yes, that's so true. That's so true. Like, like, and I think that's why sometimes too, even in having these conversations, because um, I know there is a reckoning and like, you know, for you, like, I think even within uh, some of the churches, when you talk about like what you're experiencing as a, as a black person and, you know, of course we know the Bible says that we are all God's creation. Like we're all one, we're all brothers and sisters. We know all of that. We believe all of that. 
Um, but there's a certain, like, I think division within the church and actually confronting um, what's happening right now. And like for you, like I know for me, like I'm constantly having to rectify like within myself. And so like I very rarely try to do it with others because if I have to, I feel like that's wasting my energy. But like I know within myself and within like, you know, just kind of, okay, this is what the Bible says. Because, like, even as a Black person, even as a Christian, like, you do completely have to guard your heart during this period and during this yes. time. Because you recognize when you're, when your eyes now are just, like, we knew it existed. We've experienced it. But when you, like, when you're able to kind of see because of social media, it's so readily in front of your face. Like, the hatred, the the complete disdain. And, and it's literally for like you said the pigmentation of your skin not because you've done something uh to this person right it's just literally because of something so so small so like like it's like to god it's insignificant because yes. like we like now we have to make it a big thing as a, as black people we have to make it a big thing we have to build up this this certain level of pride and in order for people to kind of see like we matter too. <laughs> we, right. we we're having to build up this certain level of pride, but to God, we recognize that that these things are insignificant. But it's like it doesn't stop the fact that we still need to fight. We still need to voice our opinions. So for you, like, how are you kind of like you know rectifying that, or you know, if you have to have conversations with people about like your Christianity and then also like your blackness, <laughs> like you know, because it's like they. You kind of have to fight for both <laughs> mm -hmm. and you kind of have to figure out a medium in order to like to be that black Christian person who fights for your rights, but also guards your heart from like hate <laughs> um, or, you know, like, yeah, really from hate. And like, you know, somebody has put it like as idolizing like your blackness. It's mm. like there's a certain level of like being proud of your, our blackness and being proud of our culture, um, mm -hmm. but not idolizing it. And I was like, when she said that, I was like, what? <laughs> but like, when, you know, it made me really think like it is a possibility that we can do that because we're so we so have to say like we matter too. Um, mm -hmm. So like to where it can become it can it does it can become that. But it's like for you, how are you finding the balance which with yet again more things <laughs> being thrown at us um yeah but for you like how are you finding the balance between your christianity and your blackness um the, my, my christianity and blackness is, is united as one yeah one space yeah right um and and i the, the statement, I couldn't shake that you said idolizing my blackness. I think that would require a um, an overflow of self-love that I, I don't think that we've attained yet. Yes. Like, yes. I, I don't think you, you, you don't idolize something until you love it above what its natural state should be. Yes. And I don't think that we've attained our natural state of self-love yet, which is why we have allowed this inhumane treatment of ourselves to be tolerated yes. at the level that, that it has been for such a long period of time. Yes. So I think that that only comes into play when you have a low standard yes. of where I should be in how I should view myself and now because you're saying that I'm idolizing myself it's because it's above the standard that you have for me yes. not that I have for myself yes. so um it, it again becomes you know when I talked about earlier 
how I'm keeping my peace is remembering um, what is externally trying to be put on me yes. opposed to what I'm saying to myself internally yes. and then what I'm choosing to believe and what I'm choosing to dismiss, right? Yes. So those kind of statements that I'm, we're surrounded by in this climate of, um, of where, you know, if white people see um, us and, and I'm not talking about every white person. I'm talking about the I'm talking about the specific white uh, extremists that are taking on the uh, the uh, authority to then believe that they can dictate uh, what the humanity of a black person should look like because yeah. apparently you make the rules on what I should be. Yeah, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm talking to that particular you know, um, uh, audience, like the ones who have to mention that they have black friends, the one who yeah. have to mention that they know people, you know, and how many people that you can count on your hand of the black friends that you have. Yeah. I would just like, you know, if I said, Hey, I had a black, a, a white friend, I would sound ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just like, why are you, why is the, ne the need for that to be mentioned? You're the friend that you have is Charles. Yeah. Charles yes. is your friend. Yes. Not my, my, not my black friend, Charles. Charles is your friend. Yes. And I was like, and if you have to bring that, that's your token tool. Yes. Yeah. That's your token tool to justify your ignorant rhetoric and behavior. Yeah. So, um, but again, it doesn't separate. Like, I don't, I don't get to choose not to still love you. Yes. Because you're ignorant. Yes. Yes. Like, that's why it's, that's why it's the two, you know, the, those two commandments that we stand on is love God yes. with all your heart and all your soul yes. and all that you are. And then, because if you have that first part together, yes, if you have that first part together, you can deal with the ignorance, you can yes. deal with the hatred, you can deal with, not that it doesn't bother you and hurt you and, and, and do all of those things, but you then have this source of strength. Yes. You have this source of, of, of ability and power. You know, I cannot, and I'll say it, I can't stand Trump. You hear me? Yeah. I cannot <laughs> stand Trump, but I pray for Trump. Yes. I, I pray stuff like, God, you're a miracle worker. Yeah. You do things mighty and powerful. Yeah. You do things that we can't even function. I said, God, could you imagine if if, if Trump's heart was turned towards you? Yeah. And that if he started to believe and really love and care for you and really want to be what you've called him to be. And if he if he became one that didn't divide God, but one yes. that actually brought together, could you imagine the world and how it would change? Because he has the ear of an audience. Yes. God, that he would be able to talk to, it, to, to to an audience that otherwise would not hear our voices. But God, if you spoke through him, yes. God, God, if you touched his heart, because if you can harden the heart of Pharaoh, you can soften the heart of Pharaoh. Yes. You know what I mean? So I'm, yes. like, God, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, so as a Christian, why I, I was like, I, I pray those prayers. Yes. You know what I mean? I was like, and not to manipulate him, because you still have that free will. Trump would have to choose him. Yes. You know what I mean? Trump would have to choose him. I go, but I do believe in creating opportunities of choice. Yes. Yeah. Where he can see you, God, in a way that he's never seen you before. Where yes. he can understand you in a way that he's never understood you before. Yes. Yes. And then and then he and then he has the cho choice to choose. And my prayer would be that he would choose you, God, to, to save his own life. Yes. His own soul, but to also to save a nation.
Yes. You know, so and I and I, and here's the thing, and I also believe that God is bigger than Trump because he is. Yeah. And and yes. or any other and any other political leader. Yeah. That can then do what we need for the for, um, for for his country, but I do believe that there's a sandwich effect. I believe that God is working from the working from above, and He has us as His disciples working from below, and we meet somewhere in the middle. Yes, yeah. I said because we're team working this thing because He has placed Himself in us. Yes, and we have this ability to talk to the to talk to the brokenhearted. We have this ability to um to see past your pain and see your heart. Yes. We, um God has this ability to turn to, um you know heart uh, with the heart of stone to flesh. Yes. So if, if I had served as God and who have all these abilities to do these things, I was like my blackness does not um remove my Christianity and yes. my Christianity doesn't remove my blackness. Yes. They work in tandem. And a part of the scripture that people really kind of run away from is long suffering yes yes it it yes. says that as a disciple yes. that you will once you choose god that you will have a long suffering yes and i was like so it is in my suffering that I see God. It is in my joy that I see God. Yes. It is in my victory. It is in my in-betweens. It is in my crisis in the middle. You know, I was just preaching not too long ago, you know, where I see God, I see God in all spaces and places. Yes. And a crisis does not remove God. There's nothing higher than him. Yeah. You know, this is my theology, my theology that is nothing higher, bigger than Christ. So everything is under. Yes, yes. Every everything is under. So even in the brutality that we see, I don't think God is absent. Yes. I don't think God is for it. And I don't think God approves of it. But we as humans, and I think sometimes we forget this part, he has given us dominion over the earth. Yes. And he has given us free will. Yes. So there are some things that he has left to us. Yeah. To be responsible for. Yeah. He is left to us to deal with and to and to go through, but he has not left nor forsake us while we're in it. You always have a present help. You always have a resource. You always have um God with you. Um Moses, God said to Moses, I am with your mouth. So yes. even when you speak, you have God. Yes. Yes. Even when you speak, you have God. So there's no disconnect for me. So when, as they as they coined the the phrase right now, the Karens of the world, the people. Yes, yes. When the Karens decide that I have to give you an explanation of why I'm in my own neighborhood, of why I'm going into my own building, or why am I uh, again the 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 mindset of authority that I am subjected to. Yes, you are another human being in society. Yes. And you have no authority over me. If I never answer your question, I can do so. Yes. yes. You don't get to decide that I must submit to you. Yes. You're not my husband or my God. Yes. Yes. So yes. we don't, we're, we're not doing this, Karens. We're not, we're not <laughs> doing this. Yeah. And there's male Karens that has been on Senate. Yeah. And has been on uh, the, the, the House of Congress for a long time. Yes. Uh, uh, let's call them Carl's. There's a lot yes. of Carl's and Karen's yes. sitting uh, sitting out there, and um, and I was like, and I was like, my my discipleship doesn't change because you do. Yes, 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 yes. That's good. That's good. That's good. Like so prayer, sis. Prayer. Oh, that, was a, <laughs> that was the longest answer ever. Prayer. Um, permission to permission to mourn. Yeah. Permission to, permission to mourn my uh 
my ideas, yeah. my hopes sometimes. Because there are some hopes that you have to mourn. Yes. Because people are not there. Yes. There's some, and permission to, to feel whatever it is that I feel, whether it's anger, whether it's excitement, whether it's joy, whether it's in between, whether it's PTSD moments or whatever the, the, the case may be, it's permission to feel those things, yes. but not to, but not to stay in crisis. Yes. There's a next, there's a next, there's an after, um, and there's a shift. Yes. 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 So I, like, I agree completely everything, um, because, you know, so much of it like resonate, like you know, like this, this idea. And I love that you said that this idea that our blackness is separate from our Christianity or, you know, the thought process, like of people wanting us to do that, to separate them, you know, or fight for one or the other. (laughs) Um, When there's so much both a part of just you, who you are and like now your identity. Um, It, and Jesus was black, so yeah. what are you talking about? That yeah, makes sense. <laughs> it, it's it's like one of those things where you know, and like, and I loved how you speak on like you know just the idolization because when the person like said it to me, I'm like, you know, like okay, you know, I'm listening, and I'm like okay, but like even as you like you know spoke about that, I was just like you know that's absolutely true. Like there's a certain level of self love that we have not gotten to yet in order to get to a place of idolization. Um, but now the sad thing is they have idolized us though. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have copied our bodies. Yeah. That you, that you, that you, that you convinced us to hate, Right. but you have, but you have copied. Yeah. You know, you convinced us to hate our hair, but you wanted it. Yeah. You convinced us to hate our complexion, but you can. Yeah. You convinced us to hate all of these things so that you can adopt it and you've never been able to because you weren't kissed by God in that same way, but you were kissed by God in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. And here's and I I was like, and if we accept our our, our differences in the way that God has touched us individually and collectively, man, how powerful will we really be? Exactly. You want to see real power? Exactly. Unit. Try unity. Ooh. Exactly. Like, you know, like I, as you said that, like I think about in the um, in the Bible where God, like, it talks about this uh, the people being in one voice, or uh, one mind, and building that tower to uh, Bab- Babylon. I think it was, um, and that's where like God had to con- kind of confuse the languages because he yeah. he was just like if you know if they were to just like come together in that way and like that one mind, that one mindset, that one unity, like nothing could ever stop them. Um, And, you know, like right now it's like, you know, everyone's like, Oh, okay. I'm black and I'm white. And I'm like, well, all of those classifications were classification, systematic things of like there's systematic oppression. Mm -hmm. So they were Mm -hmm. just used to oppress, but it's like, if we, especially as a Christian, if you subscribe to the Bible and what the Bible says is true and is real, then you recognize that the Bible started in Africa. Eden is Africa, (laughs) you know, and it didn't, there weren't a black couple and a, and a white couple. It was Adam and Eve. So right. Like rightly so like your pigments, like your pigmentation is just based on like, proximity to the sun of where your ancestors were like and then it just became an evolution of like just birth and more more and more people like you but it wasn't so much of there were just guys like oh there i created the black people i created the white people i created the asian people 
no, 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 no. It was just people. <laughs> it was just people were literally, literally all different shades of the one skin tone. <laughs> yeah, I think I think race didn't come into play where it was an identifier um, of what they wanted to be as a class level. I think until around about fourteen hundred. So yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, we created that. Yeah, we. Did. It was always it was human race. We did. It, it was did. it was human race. I'm like I, I'm like. I'm a culture, I'm like, I'm like people yeah. created this distinction and it has been a devastation ever since. Yeah. All of these, you know, rich, poor, whatever, like they're literally all meant to divide. It was never, none of it is meant to bring us together. It's all meant to, to divide literally us from being one people, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, as you mentioned earlier, like, unless you're native american this is not your land but that was also like the creation of native american they were just americans like they're not native to america they're americans americans yeah and you know like african americans like the point in that is like african americans oh oh you're from africa but we allow you to live here in america so why is it that just it's not white europeans it's just caucasian like you know what I mean so like you know if you really pay uh-huh. attention which a lot of people don't pay attention if you pay attention to like the it's a system that was created and it doesn't make sense when you look at it because it's like everyone else has a sub character of where they're from except for if you're white and it's like well why is that like this wasn't a country of white people this is a country of uh Americans that were tan that you call Native Americans. They're not Native mm-hmm. to America. They were here. <laughs> like, everyone else is Native. You know, African, African, quote-unquote, African Americans were brought here. Uh, white Europeans came here. Like, but... Uh, they were just Americans. So, like, you know, like, all of those things were meant to suppress and to classify. And that's why it's like, you know, like, Fourth of July just passed, and it's like, oh you know, what are we celebrating? Because it's like, if we are celebrating equity, if we're celebrating justice for all and all those different things, how can we celebrate when we're saying like, for all, but it's like, well, for all was not written with us in in mind, in mind because we at all. are African Americans. We are Native Americans. <laughs> like, we are Asian Americans. We are uh, uh, Spanish Americans, like you know, whatever. <laughs> like mm-hmm. everyone else has a subtitle to separate their, like, like the fact that they're Americans. They're mm-hmm. not, yeah, they're Americans. Like, so without those titles, it's like you're not American unless we put an American on there. So it it was not created with everyone in mind. It was created with white Caucasian in mind, <laughs> and exactly. so like the the all the laws and things they're working, they're working just fine. Like they really are for the system that was created. It's working just fine. It, it, it just wasn't meant for all of us in mind. We weren't all, that's why we have all these amendments that have to be made and all these different things and provisions that we're still needing laws that we need. It's like, well, why do we need all those things? If it's already written that all men are created equally. <laughs> why do you then have to say, well, man includes an African-American man includes this character, this, well, what, what made me not be seen as a man? 
and then mm-hmm. you know what I mean like so it, it's just like look look let me stop see look we could both go there let me stop I love love, let, me stop. let me stop um <laughs> but I, you know like I thank you for your time so this obviously is going to be another like you're probably going to be a two-part episode um so you're probably going to be a two-part no problem no problem <laughs> listen I enjoyed I enjoyed this and I'm like I'm like I'm like some more calm your nerves girl <laughs> anyone that knows me knows I'm like I could go there in like a thousand and it's not like in a space because like when we have these conversations, people are like, oh, like you hate this race or you hate, I hate no oh, one. I really don't. I like no I one. really like the desire of my heart is for all of us to like really like love each other and live as one. And, you know, I, I want us to buy from everybody, no matter what race or no matter, like I want us to do all that. But yeah. if we are to, cons- if we are to consider this environment that we live in, and if we are to survive in this environment that we live in, there's also a certain level of wisdom that we must walk in. So I will, until the system, we're all on the same page about fixing this system, I will buy as much as possible. I will buy black because until the system is fixed, that's the Mm -hmm. only way we can help each other collectively because unless we are on the same page, nothing's going to happen like within our own communities. Of course, like I want, I want us all to do like let's just it don't matter who you buy I want that but until we can all get to the point where we all want that it's mm-hmm. futile for me to say buy what from whatever business because right. we'll continue to be in this situation we'll continue to right. be in this position and I do believe God gives us wisdom yeah and we're disproportionately unequal yeah like we're, we're disproportionately <laughs> if anything I would encourage you if you're not black to buy black yeah, I would encourage. I would encourage you into. I'm like, you really want to show your, um, your protest into the injustice of what the community is doing. A lot of people have added, you know, Black Lives Matter to their platforms, and they, you know, to choose the sides that they have that they're on, and they're just saying that I'm on the I'm on the side of people being treated like people. I'm on the side of, you know, um, understanding that everyone has the right to be treated humanely yeah. and that they, um, that no one, de- you know, deserves to be killed at a disproportionate rate. And no one deserves, um, you know, to be pregnant and dragged before because the color of yeah. um, her skin and all of the stories that you don't hear about. Yeah. Um, I was like, so when people go, no, I stand for you and I stand with you by black. Yeah. Yeah. Buy black, buy black, buy black, put your money where your where your protest is yeah do that yeah you know what i mean and as we and as we build up our community yeah um because and, and it is it's important economically because uh as uh minister brandon is one of the uh the the ministers at um you know hope city church yes. and he did a um a statement that said he who owns the land Yes. Um, makes the rules. Yes. You know, and having that understanding of it, it it's why, um, and I won't go too deep into it, but it's why um, land was such an important asset to um, yes. to the to um, to this country. Yes. They made sure that they accumulated the land first. Yes. That they had rights to the land first because they knew if they owned the land that they owned whatever happened on it. 
Yes. Um, and yes. so in order for us to get the justice economically that we want, we have to own land. We have yes. to own our communities. Yes. We have to invest in our communities and we can't use the excuses that have been pumped into our communities that um, that says that black businesses don't give you the right customer service, yeah. that black businesses are not as good as white counterparts because you will give grace to any other company. Yes. You will go back and shop at a Target that gives you bad service. You will go back yes. and shop at a Walmart that gives you bad service you will go back to a store that gives you um bad service um because it's what everybody goes through and because you are trained to give them an opportunity and a chance to grow and to develop and yes. you'll give information back i go but ourselves we give no mercy yes you know what i mean so i was like so if you want to see a difference in your community show mercy towards your community put black dollars into your community show support into your community resources mentors yeah. i'm like you're such i mean every listen every mind here is amazing and brilliant yeah you want to see a change be the change that you want to see starting with you and then influence yeah the and people around you to be a part of the change that you want to see in your community and start by buying black Yes. I'm with that all day. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. All of it, all of it. Like all of that, like is so true. Like there is such a need, and I love that you know when you spoke of just giving grace, um, giving grace to our own community because sometimes we don't, we don't do enough of that of giving grace. Um, I know for me, I because I work so hard and because like find like that financial place has always been difficult for me. I I don't buy anywhere. If you give me bad service, I will go without whatever it is. I'm not buying mm -hmm. there. And there was a point in time like I used to get out of stores and be like like <laughs> pray like David prayers like God like they need to go out of business and they don't know how to treat people right and like let whatever you want to do and like let them like literally like fire brimstone like because mm -hmm. you know this person mistreated and I'm like, and I'd be in the store and it'll be like, it, it just wouldn't be me. It'd be, especially like hair stores. Hair stores, um, I think this happened to, him a lot, to me a lot in hair stores. Um, but, and I think because of like my age or like the age that I look <laughs> when I walk in, it's automatically assumed that I'm going to steal. Um, or when I'm asking <laughs> questions, it's, it's sometimes automatically assumed that I'm not going to pay or don't have the money or blah, blah, blah. So like there's a certain level of like, service <laughs> that I get and I'm mm -hmm. like and when I speak up on it I'm like so so sis you don't see this is this happening right now you still gonna spend that money right here and like we don't do enough of that of like just corporative efforts to be like okay you speak to one person like that you treat one person you, you you've mistreated us all because like right. truth be told if you're sitting in that store and they're mistreating one person they've mistreated you Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, and I'm so glad that I'm so glad that you said that because before the pandemic, I don't know if you remember, there was a lot of issues going on with the nail salons yes. where, um, where we were being mistreated and what happened, you would see that the people wouldn't move. Yeah. The people would not move. You would see this mistreatment. You would see people getting hit. They were hitting, they were hitting us. You're in our community. Yeah. You're in our community making money for your family, all of us that and for money that you're not spending within our community. Yeah. You're not spending any money. You're not helping anything. They're not in a part of any causes. Right. They're not in a part of any council meetings. They're not a part of anything. They're literally in our community to take from our community to make a living for them to reinvest in their community 
community. Right. And here's my thing. If you're going to do that, you will treat me well. And if you will not treat me well, then you will have no business. Right. Right. Then, then you will, right. then you will have, you will have no business. And I'm like, and it's okay for everyone else to weaponize their dollar, but black people. Yes. Yeah. It's okay for anyone else to call out and to unify and to, and to do all of that stuff. And we won't do this. And we'll do our Yelp reviews on everything else. Yep. I was like, except for black people. And I said, and, and I was like, and I want to also make sure that we point out that even though that there's a, a lot of black, uh, a black bashing about our businesses, we have some of the most unique, creative, amazing, wonderful businesses yes. for everything that you need. And most yes. of them are with products that won't harm you. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> most yes, we of do. them are with products that will not harm you. We're just, we're cut from a different cloth. I'm telling you yes. something. We're something, am- I don't, we're something amazing. I don't care what nobody's <laughs> Yes, I'm like, I'm right there with you because it's just like, you know, this energy and this thought process, like I, I've, I say it a thousand times, like my appreciation and my complete, like, because although like I was, I was born in Jamaica, but I was raised here. So most of my, like, of learning about history comes from learning about American history and, and whatever pride I, I had came from my, uh, my immigrant path because it was just like, you know, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and it was just like, there is, even within our culture, there's such a difference between, like, uh, a Black immigrant versus an a- African-American immigrant that's born here. And it's like, it, it is that, like, for me, the history that I had of my grandmother and the strength that I saw in her and all those different things and coming here and recognizing the level of opportunity. So I was always looking for opportunity. I was always looking for something different. I've always, like, no matter what was coming, because I'm used to, you know what I mean, those opposition, whereas when you grow up here, and, like, even, like, I can see the contrast of growing up here and going to school and, like, learning about history, and it was, like, we were, like, history is white history, and we're in the cliff notes because we have to be. So in order to show how great Abraham Lincoln was, we needed to say that there were slaves to, mm. to show that he freed us, but it's, like, well, no one's talking about the fact that he owned a bunch of slaves and that he not, he didn't free slaves because his heart was so hurt and he <laughs> cared about us as humans. No, it was an economic decision. It was a money mm-hmm. decision and what made him do that. So it wasn't until like I moved to New York and like I had like the Mid Manhattan Library was my library. I was there every week. <laughs> like I was getting books I was getting you know movies I was getting just whatever resource I can on like I could on black culture and I want like and that's where like I kind of like really built myself up like oh my gosh like and how powerful we are oh we created this we created that and it's like well how did we do that and like we couldn't even go to school and it's like how how did you think to make like how did you do open heart surgery and how did you um create the stoplight and how did you get that i forgot what it was that that was needed to get for us to have light like a light bulb to actually light up like when you when you learn like the empowerment that comes when you learn from your history and just how powerful our people were and the advances that we've made like there's not one thing in this country there's not one thing that exists that was not touched by a black hand and oftentimes that black hand did not even have the proper education that that we needed to do those things so it's like that's why i'm like for a kid who comes and it's like 
well, I didn't have this. I don't have it. Oh my gosh, your, your ancestry comes from a place of like, we, they didn't get the 40 acres and the mule. Like, they didn't get the mule. Like, not all. Those who even got like the acres, they took it back. The government took it back. Eventually, yep. took it back from them. But it was just like those simple things, those simple promises, they didn't even get that. But like, even in that, like, out of nothing, we consistently show that we can build something out of nothing. Like, we don't need something to build anything we just we we just need to the stick to it the mindset to go for it and i think that's what like was just broken it was just that mindset and i'm just like i can't wait like i can't wait to where like we really start like i think now we're doing it and i hope we'll continue to do that and fighting the system it's not about fighting a, a people it, or even right. a phrase, it's a system. It's a system. Mm-hmm. We need to fight the system, fight the system in education. Because the reason why people hate too is that is because sometimes they really truly don't understand like the past of what happened. Like they really truly don't understand what's going on. It's like as black like and as white people, we don't fight the education system enough. Like we need to fight that because that's where our kids are coming from. And if, and if we're not going to fight that, then we need to fight with educating our kids and letting them know how powerful they are, who they were created to be, what they were created from and what they're capable of. Like you can go so much further than our ancestors who didn't even have like, just, they didn't even have like a half of what you had. They didn't even have like mm-hmm. a little drop. Yeah. And time. I think, and I think at this, at this time that, we're seeing we're seeing the um, we're seeing this generation be different, even outside of you know me. And I'm thirty. I'm thirty six. Um, I had to think about it. <laughs> I was like, I, I, was, all the time. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I'm thirty six. I want to say the generation after me doesn't have the grace for the nonsense that we do. Yeah, we were still we were still we we're still taught we were still taught political politeness. We were still we were taught to be. Uh, to be more and more mindful or um, not not that we, we weren't taught to fight for ourselves, but uh, we still had this acceptance or this courtesy or this forgiveness this um, towards the treatment um, of, our, of ourselves, not this generation. Yeah. Not, not, not this generation after us. They said my great grandfather, my great great grandmother, yeah. my grandmother, and even my mother tried it your way. Yeah. They tr- they tried it your way. Yeah. Now we're going to do a radical change. Either you're for us or you're against us. But whatever right. way we're coming, we're either either you're going to create a system that where I am where there's justice for me and my children or I'm going to tear the system down. Right. Like that's just where they are. They're, but they're just like, either make it equal. Yeah. Humanity. They're like, I'm, and here's the thing. We're not asking you for more than what you have already. Just and you equal. doing, and you treating us, giving us equality, giving us justice does not steal from you. The problem is you want more you want my, what they say, you want my 40 acres and a mule yep. and yours too. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. You don't want to remove your white privilege. You don't want to remove your authority. You don't want to, and you don't want to hear from God. You want to weaponize the word. You don't want to be of the word. And that's right. the difference. Right. Because it's younger than us. So the ones who are like 20, 25, 
and uh you know 25 and younger oh they're a different set of they're a different set of beasts than me okay, okay, they're, okay. They're, yeah they're a different they're a different set of beasts than me and i will support you <laughs> and i will listen whether it's financially whether it's with resources, co yeah. connections, networking, we're gonna do this as teamwork, make the dream work. Yes. Like I will be there backing you, making sure it happens. Because sometimes the protest is a long, it's a long haul and I'm a little out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I will post I will protest with my dollar, protest with my um my connections, protest with um conversations, protest with my vote, protest with every other way. And I, you know, I did I, I walk the protest as well, but I also want to put into actionable steps. Yes. You know what I mean? I was like, as a matter of fact, we um our our church has um a webpage that's literally hopecitychurch.co yeah. forward slash actionable steps. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that you can see how can I be a part of the change that I want to see in categories. Yeah. And it's black, it's black businesses, it's the black census, not black the census is within your community. Yeah. It's um it's a council. It's whatever it is that you need to be actionably doing more than you're walking. Yeah, your walking is powerful and is sending a, a message internationally. Yes, internationally yes. is yes. sending a message. Yeah, I said, but you need to you need to also partner that with actionable steps with your votes, yes. with your census, with your with um, buying in um in black communities, yes. starting that business that God has been talking to you about forever. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was like doing all of those components. Because that is going to be the change. So I'm with you guys. I'm yes. with you. While y'all got the energy <laughs> to walk 40 miles, sis, sis, I got you for three blocks. In a yes. Box. Yes. <laughs> you so true. And I love that you shared those steps because like I did not, I did not walk this protest. I was like, look, I did it there in New York. I was like, I, but I, I recognize the effectiveness of this particular time in this particular space of protest and I will like you said I continue to protest with my dollars I continue mm -hmm. to protest by like I will give you all the information because I, I, I can't vote but I can give you all the information that you need to vote like different steps and like get it out mm -hmm. to the community like whatever we need to do to make sure that voices are being heard um, because it, it's it's so messy right now <laughs> yeah it's so messy right now that you know every vote truly matters no and it, of course in certain areas it, it is it's tough to get your yeah. vote out but whatever you got to do please please do not neglect that to go out and vote in the primaries in in um uh the special elections in mm -hmm. of course in the presidential like all of those things for your school districts like when that voting comes around make sure you're voting in every single thing that you can ex exercise your right to vote in because they're there because they matter um it matters it matters it matters and like one one thing that we've already learned and we continue to learn is representation representation matters and not just representation but good representation because that's right i will say that you know in brianna taylor's case when i when i learned that the da was a black man i was disappointed um because i thought it was you know a white person and they just couldn't understand where we we're coming from and that's why mm -hmm. nothing has been done 
Yeah, and not everybody, not everybody black understands. That yeah, way. yeah. But when uh, I you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I when I saw that, I was like, I was taken back. I was like, really? You know what I mean? Because like, um, and and it just kind of made me think about Esther and like when Mordecai says like, don't think that because you're in this palace that you're gonna escape what's coming. Like salvation is gonna come from from another place if you choose not to rise up. And when I see mm. black men and women in power in such a place and they decide to do nothing, it's like you're not going to escape because once you leave that place, like you are still black. <laughs> and and the issue is that is that your blackness is seen as a weapon. Like that's the issue. So yes, although you might you. be appeased right now, and like and I saw like in New York where there there was a mayor there, his own police department, I think pepper sprayed him. Uh, and mm-hmm. arrested him because they just saw him as another black man. They didn't realize it was their own mayor. So it's like you can hold a position, but because of your color, like it's just, it's a color issue. Like it is. It's like it's a systematic issue that kind of like shows up by color. But it's like for you, black man, like yes, you're the eight like eighty eight. But you know, once they're done with you and you get out of power and you go on the street. Like, you're still another black man. Yes, you are. Like, and I, I will be surprised if he said that he doesn't get stopped more frequently than any other counterpart because everybody doesn't know who he is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everyone doesn't know who he is. So, like, you know, I think it, it's such a, it's, this whole thing is just so layered. Um, so I'm going to digress uh, because I, yeah. As you can tell, mm-hmm. going for days. But <laughs> like right here, I just want to say I I appreciate this conversation so much. Last week's episode <laughs> told us a little bit about like um you know your childhood and growing up. So mm-hmm. what would twelve year old some Samara well she wasn't she was Wakefall. She was she was right? she was Wakefall then. Wakefall yeah. right back then, but what would she say? if she was to just look at Samara Jones now and who she's become, like, what would your 12-year-old self say to you, looking at you right now, who you are? Um, I think she would be lost for words and probably in tears. Wow. I don't think she would recognize who I am. Um, I don't think she would, like, if I told her that I was her, she would probably think I was lying. Mm. Um, the... Um, even though at 12, uh, you know, you're, you're a child and you have hopes, um, that she will be something more at 12 year old Samora didn't dream about future. Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, 12 year old Samora was dreaming and, and thinking about survival, mm. you know, uh, wasn't, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't a thing for me that that's why when I'm like, I, I completely didn't understand the transformation of allowing God into into your life. Yeah. Um, I think I think she would I think she would at that point know that God was real. Yeah. Because up to up until that point she didn't think that he cared or seen or saw her or wanted her at all. Um, she was very, um, she was very broken and alone, isolated. She was, uh, she would surround herself with lies because the lies that she created was more, uh, was a better existence than the, the real life that she was living. Wow. Um, so I would say, 
she would probably be speechless and she would probably be in tears, which would probably be the first time that she cried in a while. Wow. Um, because at 12, tears wasn't um, a close uh, ally to mine. It was an enemy that I would repress, um, you know, during during that time. Because you got to, so by 12 um, years old, I had already been um, been raped. Mm. I had already been um, physically abused. I had already been burnt, scarred. Mm. I had already um, been uh, um, hurt and harmed by people. I had already been neglected. I had already been starved. I had already experienced more things in my 12 years of life than most people have. Yeah. So um, she was really, she was really just angry and untrusting of anyone. Like I would like, the the fact that my face hasn't changed but so much yeah would probably be the only way that she would recognize me yeah um and even then she would probably feel like it was deceit mm. um but my encouragement to her is that hope always knew her yeah that love always knew her that love always understood it what she needed um, but her environment needed to change in order for her to get to it. Yeah. Um, and I don't even want to say her environment had to change because God met me where I was as soon as I opened my hand to him. Yeah. Um, and as a child, you know, well, God, can't you just see that, you know, that she needs me? But God was always there. I just yes. didn't know that the that the the things that he was protecting and saving um, me from and things that he knew that he could then turn for the good. I never, I never knew that if he, if she knew that the things that she had gone to would be the things that would not only free herself, but free others around her. Yeah. She may have, she may have some reprieve in her heart where she knows that at least it wasn't for nothing. Yes. 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 That's awesome. That's look, <laughs> look, <laughs> That speechless. <laughs> speechless. I'm just gonna like I'm just gonna go on to like my last question because like I'm speechless right there. That um can you share with us your favorite Bible scripture? Um I have a few, but my go-to is actually a chapter. Oh it's, not, it's a it's an entire chapter, and it's Colossians three. Colossians. Um Colossians three is um is a is a mindset chapter mm. it's it's taking your mind off of you the kernel and putting your mind on christ yeah it is a understanding that you are not who you used to be so then you cannot hold on to the characteristics of your used to mm. that you now need to understand and live as this new person that you are again going from the acknowledge the healing that i um you know the acknowledge the hurt that i go into the healing but then living as a new creation yeah so living as a new creation for me comes into to play with colossians because it goes set your minds on the things above um not on the things of the earth which means that there i'm going to see racism i'm going to see hatred i'm going to see pain i'm going to see people hurt one another i'm going to see i'm going to have people hurt me i am going to hurt people yeah. intentionally or unintentionally i am going to say things that are wrong i am going to have to apologize i am going to do but what i cannot do be what i cannot do is get so engulfed with that, that I forget that I am a new creature who has died yes. to myself and now I have to set my mind on heavenly things. Yes. 
I have to set my mind on Christ-like agendas and yes. plans and structures. Um, and therefore I have to put to death all of those old versions of me. Yes. Because I all I do believe there's multiple versions of me. There was the one who, you know, who felt like if I was sleeping with somebody, that that was going to be my power then. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when I was raped, someone took power over me. Yes. But if I choose who I sleep with, then, then that's my power. Yeah. Yeah. If I, you know what I mean? If I decide whether or not, you know, um, I talk to you, you know, or not, and don't tell you then my power is, I guess what I just hurt your feelings and you don't have the opportunity to hurt me. Yeah. All of these scared, uh, frightened, um, positions that are not above, but are very much earthly, very much cultural of how it tells you to function and to be. But the scripture says that I need to set my mind above. Yeah. So, and, but it goes into depth in the in the chapter and i've always tried to like get one piece but if you got to read the whole chapter <laughs> you got to read the whole chapter because it speaks the of the characteristics of the flesh yes. and then it speaks to the characteristics of the spirit and of the new self yes and then why and then how you must properly execute in actionable steps these new behaviors of this new body that you're taking on of this new mind that you have. So it is my favorite uh, scripture one through was it one through 25, the whole thing of a Bob. Wow. That's good. That's good though. <laughs> that's good. That's so Sister Samara, this <laughs> like now two part conversation has been awesome it's been encouraging it's been enlightening it's been um you know just thought-provoking and you know for anyone um who wishes to hear more from you about you um because we didn't even get into all the different levels of you like you said um so there's so much more where people can reach out to you we'll make sure that you know we put which whether it be a social media handler like however you would like for people to connect with you, we'll make sure that we put those things in the show notes. Um, and, you know, maybe we'll even have to have you come back on again, um, you know, and have, you know, even more conversations because I think it was just so good. And I'm so um, thankful for your time. I'm thankful for your transparency. I'm thankful for your wisdom. Um, it was just all appreciated and it was all good. <laughs> No, listen, it was, it was, it was amazing. And I, listen, I was so honored that you even asked me. I was like, what? <laughs> me? Who, me? Um, so I, you know, I, I truly, I truly appreciate it. I think uh, what you're doing um, here on the the platform and I've had an opportunity to, to listen to it is thought provoking. Um, and I think it's something powerful when we start to think and we start to kind of dive into our thoughts because I think sometimes we run away from those yes. thoughts and we run away from understanding ourselves on deeper, deeper levels. But I think it's powerful that when we get in there and really just like investigate what our mind is yes. going through and what's happening. And like, it's something amazing with that, especially when we're combining it with our faith. You yes. know, you gotta get in there. You gotta to get in there and understand your, um, yourself better. And I think that you're doing an amazing job with different, um, uh, the eclectic 
um, you know, uh, realm of guests that you've that you've had and that you've talked to, very very different minds, very very, <laughs> and it, you know what I mean. And it shows, and it shows that there's no one way. Yeah, you know, like like um, uh, what I love to to understand is that um, that all of the disciples that God used within the Bible, um, and my pastor has taught me this is none of their personalities was removed in order for them to, nope. for their gifts to be utilized. Yeah. no. Nope. Like they still was who they were, but yeah. then they had this new, uh, this new, uh, set of principles yes. that, that that anchored them yeah and i think that's what you're doing with faith and faithing it it's allowing um the different personalities that god has allowed us to to really fully freely be um in ourselves but still see the anchoring princ principles of having faith in um and then what that means of how you are faith in it through life so yes. um i just thank you for for having me on and i i truly truly appreciate it thank you Thank you for listening to part two of this conversation with Samara. I hope you were able to find strength in her story. Um, because clearly, as you guys can tell, she's powerful. She's been through so much, but she maintains her, her joy, her peace in the Lord. And it shines through. Um, hopefully you hear it even within the podcast itself, within her voice. Um, she is that person um, that I've, I've always, like, I've met, <laughs> um, and I don't know her any other way. Uh, you would not meet her and think that her testimony is as such, um, because she is just a big heart. <laughs> um, she has a big heart, and she is just so much joy, and she's so powerful with her wisdom, and um, even with her work ethic that, you know, from when I had the, the chance to kind of see her in action, uh, she is a powerful woman. So I hope you were able to find strength in her story, find hope uh, that no matter what you're going through, like God is completely able. And I just want to go ahead and reiterate the scripture that she shared with us, which was Colossians 3. So I'm going to say, as she told you, go ahead and read the whole chapter. So take some time to kind of meditate on the whole chapter. But what I'm going to share with you is verses 1 through 2. Uh, if ye then be, be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. And actually, I'll do three. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So this is just a reminder that once you say yes to Christ and you start um, walking in his way and in his will, that we are called to not look at the circumstances and situations around us. They do not dictate um, how we love and how we, we navigate life. Though we are not blind to what is happening, we do not allow them to dictate and to um, rob us of our joy and of our peace and of our victory in Christ. We recognize that those things cannot be taken away. Um, we are encouraged by the love and the grace of God. And I hope that you find that encouragement as well. I hope that you find that relationship with Christ as well, because it is so freeing. <laughs> Um, it is so necessary, especially during times like this. But I just want to say again, I'll, I'm going to make sure that, once again, sis, uh, 
Samora's information is in the show notes for you. So you'll be able to reach out to her and talk to her one-on-one. She is that personality that you can, I'm sure, I'm sure there's so much more that we can explore in conversations with her. Um, So if you want to find something else out or if you want to just talk to her, uh, make sure that you have her information in the show notes. you in the show notes also will be how to get in contact with myself, um, how to follow us on social media. And then also, once again, um, please continue to subscribe wherever you listen to leave reviews, uh, wherever you listen. Um, and then also follow them on social media and being a part of the conversation that's happening there, like, comment, share. And as always, you can use the hashtag Faith in It with Kay um, to just communicate with anyone else in the community that might post something uh, that has to do with the show. So as we continue to build this community, because it is, it is a community of uh, different voices within a sense, uh, with the collective uh, mission of uh, walking out Christ in a real way, walking out faith in a real tangible way, um, and just walking out life (laughs) in a way that speaks to the truth of Christ, um, but doesn't necessarily um, dismiss uh, what what we're going through and uh, what we're experiencing in the world. Um, It we are walking we are walking out the turmoil of this world with the joy and the peace that Christ has given us and we are facing those turmoil and those different situations head on. Um we're not denying that they exist. We are facing them but then feeding them the word of God. Um as well as in situations like, you know, politics, voting. So let me throw that in there. Don't forget to vote. Um but yes, thank you again for joining me and Sister Samora. <laughs> I had to throw in a sister for y'all. Um, again, for this week's episode of Faith in It with Kay. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. We hope you laughed, cried if you needed to. Um, but we hope it was good for you. So thank you again. See ya.